This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. This Week in Marketing. And a pleasure to welcome in Dave Reebstein, who is a Wharton marketing professor and the lead on this report by U.S. News and World Report, which is an annual one that looks at the best countries around the world. The report factors in things like quality of life, entrepreneurship, adventure, cultural influence, and more. Dave, let's dig into the numbers. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good to be talking to you again, Dan. And it's an exciting week as we just released our newest data. Yeah, I I mentioned some of the categories that you take together in listing these countries for this year. So it it would play into it in terms of how it changed people's perceptions about particular countries. And so what we do is we rate the countries on 76 different attributes. And some of those attributes might be influenced by uh, how countries responded to the pandemic, where people thought the source of uh, the pandemic may have come from. Um, We will see some of that in in the data. Um, There's another dimension that talks about healthcare and how well that's handled, um, how well it's being handled across the population. So equal, you know, equal infection uh, might be another way of looking at it. That's not a particular attribute. Sort of equality across society would uh, would certainly be another one. So all of those things may have played into it to the degree that people have perceptions about how different countries have handled it. And, and, and from what I understand, you also added in the aspect of agility and, and also the, the impact of social purpose as well. Uh, so those were big things that were happening this particular year. So... We had a, a dimension uh, that was called citizenship, which which covered a lot of what it is that we now have in uh, in what we call social purpose. But we have added to to the dimension of uh, of social purpose, and so what what is included in that are issues like human rights and caring for the environment and, and right. things like that 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 people might. Uh, actually be caring for. And so those are all aspects that feed into the social purpose dimension. Um, and, and this, when we talk and this, about, no, I'm sorry, go me, ahead. Let me just talk about the agility yeah. dimension. We've got a measure of adaptability, how dynamic, um, how, how responsive the countries might be, how progressive uh, they are. And, and the more modern they were, the more they were able to be agile and, re- and respond. How do you choose the people that, that you talk to for the survey? Great question. What we're trying to get is a cross-section of society, but a cross-section that relate to. Uh, and, 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 and let me say, one of the things that's different about this nation branding or, or uh, rating of different countries is we relate it to the economic factors. And so what we have done is... A, third of the sample of over 17,000 people, a third of them happen to come uh, from the general population around the world. Another right. third is the um, educated, uh, uh, highly educated, high, high income. And another third are business decision makers. We can look at the data by each of those particular subgroups, but for the overall right. ratings, 
each of those are sort of equally balanced and, and equally weighted in this overall rating. And you factor in also GDP as well, correct? So, so the GDP is what it is that we use to weight the particular features or, or attributes that we have got. We take this. Uh, we take the seventy-six attributes that we have each country rated by, and we factor those down to uh, ten different factors. Uh, those factors are then correlated with GDP per capita. And therefore, we weight each of those factors by that. I know that's sort of getting heavy into it, but we've got it all described on the website, and that's what it is that we're using to try and evaluate each of the countries. All right, so let's get to the list. And so the number one ranking in the Best Countries Report for 2021 is our neighbors to the north, Canada. Tell us more. Well, it's interesting. Canada always ranks very, very highly. And so for the six years that we've been doing this, Canada has been, you know, number two, number three. It generally is thought of as a great country in terms of uh, quality of life. But this year they moved to the number one position, and they are number one, uh, perceived to be number one in the world in terms of quality of life. They are also perceived to be number one in the world in terms of social purpose, and uh, they are number three in terms of being open for business. And generally, they're strong on just about every dimension, which is uh, pretty amazing because most countries are strong on some and weak on some others. So they were number one. And number so two, the other – oh, well, let me, let me ask you one thing because I think it's interesting. A lot There's been a lot of conversation around Canada and kind of the cultural landscape there, uh, and, and that's something that benefits the country immensely. Uh, absolutely. And they seem to uh, sort of value diversity in their society as well. It's it's not something that, you know, they've got any noted. They're, they're actually, there's very, very little controversy that happens uh, there. And so it's, it's a country that people feel very positively about. Uh, and so that's nice to see. Okay. You have... Japan, Germany, Switzerland, and Australia, in that order, rounding out the top five. Touch on uh, some of the elements that I- involve those countries. So, you know, Japan, actually, Japan comes out number one in terms of the factor that we call entrepreneurship. Now, recognize entrepreneurship, you know, we think of, oh, the United States must be number one in that. And, and it turns out the United States is really strong in it. But uh, o- overall, we see uh, that, that Japan turns out num- number one on that particular dimension. And a lot of that is we continue to have a perception of innovation uh, that comes out of Japan. So that, that's very strong for them. Germany, the first time we did this six years ago, Germany w- was, uh, was number one in the world. And then they fell to number four. And I think that's because of the Volkswagen scandal. And they took in a million refugees. There was some uh, controversy about Merkel and how she was handling things. But they've now been slowly creeping back up. And uh, and they are now are the number three country. And they are number two in terms of entrepreneurship. And they are also perceived to be very strong in terms of uh, agility. And then the fourth country happens to be Switzerland, 
And Switzerland had been number one for a long time uh, for the last four years, and they've fallen down. And part of it is they are not perceived to be very agile um, as a country. They're a little bit uh, rigid. Not bad, but but not in the top ten. And then we can turn to Australia. And here, by the way, you had asked about how COVID factors into everything. Um, I think Australia has uh, has managed through the COVID price, uh, uh, pandemic. We see that they are very high. They're the number two country in terms of overall agility. And they seem to be doing very, very well on that particular dimension. Um, and pretty much strong across the board in various other dimensions. Uh, the U.S. comes in at number six. What's driving that ranking? So I need to be really careful about this because the U.S., when we first did this, um, was uh, number four. And, you know, there was a lot of belief that, oh, you know, Reepstein happens to be an American. The United States is going to be ranked number one. Turns out we were number four. The next year was four years ago. And we delayed till after the election, and we had the election of, of President Trump, and the and then we started collecting the data. And it was after a very vitriolic campaign that was going on between Trump and Clinton, and we saw the United States go from number four down to number eight. This year, we delayed the data collection till after the U.S. election once again. And what it is that we saw is the United States goes up to number six. We're not back up to number four. And to my surprise, the United States was perceived to be a country that was uh, very agile, very able, capable of responding. And while we may not have handled the pandemic uh, superbly, people have perceived this as being very good and very strong in our ability to be agile. And that's the number one thing uh, that happened to drive uh, the U.S. rating. Um, so we're always number one in terms of power and right. cultural influence. So by the time you had done the data collection, had we had seen uh, what occurred on January 6th at the Capitol building, and did that factor in? Well, you know, interestingly, since this is an annual survey, we can now tell from one year to the next – uh, what what were the specific events that ch- caused a change in the overall perception? However, it's different this year. We were collecting the data prior to a January 6th, on January 6th, and after January 6th. And I have an article that's in U.S. News that goes dives deep into it, but we have perceptions from around the world. We have a large enough sample of perceptions from around the world pre-January 6th and perceptions of, of, of uh, what's happened after January 6th. And, um, and lo and behold, there was a lot of change in perception in that pre- and post-period. We're joined by Dave Reebstein, uh, who is uh, uh, one of the people who have worked on the, uh, the uh, U.S. News and World Report Best Countries Report. Uh, so one of the things you mentioned around the U.S. also is that there is still an impact from 9-11 and the war on terror, as well as, you, you know, some of the unrest that we've seen in this country in general. 
there, there is no question that plays some role in, in all of it. Um, there, is, there is a one of the dimensions that we have, one of the attributes is one of safety and, uh, and the perception of the United States, obviously influenced by safety. Actually, as we continue to have these school shootings and other shootings that are going on, that plays a role and it has some uh, impact to the degree that we have closed our borders. Um, it says something about how open we are. That's reflected in some of the data as well. So I think each of these things that we do help shape the world's perception of the United States. Were there were there countries that made significant jumps or declines in this year's report compared to last year? Uh, the country that made the biggest leap from last year to this year is, and, and by the way, I'd, I'd like to have you guess on it, but it, you know, you've got seventy-eight countries. It'd be hard to yeah. do, so I'm just going to reveal. <laughs> yes, um, it, it happens. It, it happens to be South Korea, and South oh, okay. Korea a year ago was the twentieth best country, and, and and again, best country in terms of overall perception across these ten dimensions as they relate to the GDP per capita, and right. they are now from twenty to number fifteen. Now, you don't see wild swings because people have entrenched beliefs about particular countries, but South right. Korea went up quite a bit. And here again, I think this was greatly influenced by how well they handled uh, COVID and perceived to be very, very good on that. They were number six in the world in, in terms of their overall agility. And, and it, they're sort of as a halo effect. And when you're strong and getting extra no, uh uh, amplification in the news. What it is that you see is they're perceived as being a little bit on, more entrepreneurial than they had uh, were before. Uh, they went up from number eight in the world to number five in terms of entrepreneurship. They went from number 23 to number 18 in terms of quality of life. Um, it, they, they are seen more as a mover than they were before, and they are seen to have more of uh, cultural influence all the way from number number 20 in the world to number seven. Um, and, you know, that may be a K-pop, but I think it is just this overall belief of a more positive attitude towards right. South Korea. Um, the country that suffered the most, and I have no explanation for it, is uh, Slovakia. And huh. they, they fell from number 52 down to number 62. Please, Dan, don't ask me to explain why that <laughs> perception shifted. I've got the particular dimensions and what it is that happened on those dimensions, but they're the ones that had the, the biggest drop. I wanted to ask you as well about a couple of countries that were not in reports last year, but are in this year, one being Belgium. Uh, and that comes in, that country comes in at number 20 in this year's report. Tell us what's going on there. So it's a little bit of a quirk about how we collect the data they weren't in the data last year because um, they didn't meet those four criteria that I talked about sure. that are essential to be So it's not like they weren't in the top 80. It's just they were not one of the countries to be even ranked. Right. Um, I think two years ago they were there. So they've been in and out okay. of our overall okay. rankings. And, uh, I, I, and the, the same could be said for Ireland. Same, yes. same sort of thing. Anything that really stands out to you for this report for 2021? Well, um, it's not surprising, but it's interesting to note 
you know, the, the steady decline of the UK. And I've got to believe that a large part of that is driven by Brexit. Um, certainly, uh, the news about how they have uh, handled COVID, uh, but then the fact that, that they even have a variant that's named after them, uh, I'm sure doesn't help at all. But yeah. they, they have fallen now to the number eight position. Last year, they were number six. And when we started this, they were in, you know, up in the top three. So right. we see them steadily uh, on the decline. Dave, great to talk with you again. Thanks very much for your time. All the best. Well, thank you very much. Stay safe. Thank you. Dave Reebstein, Word Marketing Professor. And by the way, for those that you would uh, like to read the report, you can go to the U.S. News and World Report website to check it out. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.